0: With great mojo comes great responsibility.
1: Mojo50. Mojo we we will make 5-0. America no. great oh. oh. again. Sam Sorbo. All right, and welcome to the Sam Sorbo Show. I'm your host, Sam Sorbo here on Mojo50.com. Thanks so much for joining me. And also for sharing my podcast with uh, friends and family. We're trying to get truth out. It seems like people are are, uh, sort of reluctant to discuss issues now because they're afraid of being silenced. Uh, And I'm finding that more and more. Uh, But we're going to talk about stuff here. CHOP is being disbanded. Uh, They're being repoliced. That's brand new in the news. BLM. is being accused of hijacking the black movement, the black lives movement. Uh, and so I want to talk a little bit about that. MasterCard is changing its name. Yeah, because master, you can't have master in the name of the card. No, we'll get into that too. And we'll have a little bit of fun as well. Before I get to all of that, I want to bring in my guest. Brent Magnuson is um, the author of a new book called Roger Up the blueprint for living life to the fullest and thriving in the face of adversity for such a time as this. Brent, am I right?
2: Absolutely, Sam. Uh, Real pleasure to be with you.
1: Yeah, so he's obviously an author. He's also a professional speaker and a former U.S. Army engineer. He's an adventure seeker, an avid practitioner of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I practice vocal jiu-jitsu. That's what I do.
2: Awesome. Do they have a belt system for that? They or don't. Do you, yeah. The, the belt system, out.
1: the belt system is very simple. I win, my adversary loses.
2: <laughs> well, hey, that's that's about the most effective martial art I've heard of, so. Okay.
1: So first and foremost, where does the title Roger Up comes from? And I'm asking because I think that Roger itself the name has a has a certain significance, right?
2: It does. So so Roger most people are, are familiar with the term Roger that, which uh, in the military it essentially confirms a, a transmission. Uh, but Roger up is a term we use in the Army. Uh, it would be the same as in the civilian world saying suck it up, embrace the suck, man up, woman up. Uh, basically, when things are going really bad and you don't think your body or your mind can go any further, uh, you embrace that Roger up mantra, that mindset. And, uh, you, you keep pushing cause believe it or not, your body and your mind, most of the time have at least 20 or 30% more fight left in it.
1: So you're not really thinking about Roger at all.
2: <laughs> no, I only, I only know a couple of Rogers and, uh, they're, they're older guys. So, uh, I don't know how much rogering up they're doing, but, uh, uh, okay. Roger Stone, Roger Stone's probably, uh,
1: rogering up a little bit,
2: rogering up a little bit, unfortunately, <laughs> but, uh. Yeah. So that's that's it's a big military term and trying to make it a little more popular and prevalent in the civilian world.
1: Okay, Um, my understanding is this book has a lot of sort of a a, a thrill stuff in it because you really want to get people excited about. um, What is it? Is it is it just taking life on, taking life by the by the grabbing life by the horns kind of a thing? Is that what this is about?
2: It really is. I mean, it's. At its core, it's a get off the couch and go for a walk kind of on steroids type of book. Uh, in, the, in the self-help, personal development space, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of either of those uh, categories, but in this space, you have a lot of fluff and you have a lot of regurgitated stuff going back to Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill. And a lot of people are just reading the Think and Grow Rich book or a Tony Robbins book, regurgitating it with their own spin and putting it out there and unfortunately this whole idea of self-help or personal development gets really watered down so my goal with it was to take all of the very important lessons that i learned from the military take everything i've learned from being an entrepreneur all of my successes a ton of failures and put that into a fun read with some good storytelling and just practical stuff that you can actually take and put into action, not next month, not next week, but actually put into action today. And that was the whole goal.
1: So, so a lot of stories in that. Are they stories from uh, your time in the Army?
2: Yeah, I do. I have some stories uh, going back to 1998, my first deployment to Bosnia. Uh, I talk about the first month we were there in uh, June. Uh, I live in Chicago yeah uh, well the suburbs of chicago and uh bosnia summers are are much like the hot sticky chicago summers i was used to uh, along with some very wet and cold uh winters that uh, chicago has and with that we uh we were in a, a brand new army base being built surrounded by bad guys and uh for the first four or five weeks we we didn't have any any hot water so we took cold showers for uh for the first four or five weeks and at the time it wasn't that fun and as it went on some of the alpha males in uh, in first platoon decided that it would turn into a competition and who could stay in the longest kind of earning your stripes and ever since then i've taken that and at that time i was just a 19 20 year old kid who was on his first deployment and then after i really started researching and looking into the effect of cold water therapy and cold showers especially first thing in the morning and then I started realizing that it's the number one thing Tony Robbins does and Tim Ferriss and some of the people that I follow and, and, and I'm a fan of. Uh, I really started looking into the science of it and realizing, wow, it, there's nothing better than shocking your system in the morning. And uh, so that's just one of the stories from uh, from the book that, uh, and how it relates to what I'm what I'm doing now, you know, 20, 21 years later.
1: You talk about developing a samurai mindset. What, what is that?
2: So I'm obsessed with history in several. I mean, obviously, American history is a big thing for me, uh, but I, I'm, I've really been enamored with the samurai. Uh, obviously, they did some bad things, but I, I'm focused solely on their mindset and, and how they were as warriors, how they went into battle. And I've done a lot of reading on Musashi and and some of the most famous samurai. And they all have some some real similarities in that everything was focused on the battle and everything else came second. And that's kind of a a medieval mindset to have. But if you look at the way things are now, we have such political divide. We have racial divide. There's tremendous economic issues. The coronavirus has turned this whole country upside down. And the media is, you know, the mainstream media is doing a phenomenal job of scaring everyone. And you don't know if you're supposed to wear a mask or not wear a mask. Can you shake someone's hand? Can you not? And the way I'm looking at the world right now, especially being about 17 minutes outside of the city of Chicago, is it's like a battlefield out there. And I think more of us. You know, need to adapt a samurai mindset rather than a victim mindset, because I think that's what the vast majority of the mainstream media wants. They want us to be scared. They want us to be sheep. And unfortunately, in this country, roughly 80 percent of the population are sheep. The other 10 percent are wolves. Those are the bad ones, the rapists, the murderers, the vast majority of politicians, big pharma. You can go on and on. And then the other 10 percent. You're quite cynical.
1: you seem like such a nice guy starting out. Now I'm now I'm seeing the cynic in you. <laughs> well, okay.
2: it's, just, yeah, it's just the reality. And then unfortunately, the, the last 10 percent are the sheepdogs. And in the in the animal world, the sheepdog, just one of them can, can protect an entire flock or herd of sheep. OK. And our sheepdogs are, are police and there are some bad sheepdogs. But at the end of the day, there's a tremendous 95 percent of them are good. The sheepdog is the protector. The sheepdog is the, 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 the one thing that comes to help when the sheep is trying to be slaughtered by the wolf. And I think right now uh, we need to adapt more of a sheepdog mentality because uh, the wolf is out there and the sheep are definitely out there.
1: Not only that, I'll just, uh, I'll just throw this in. Um, we just moved and we're, we've uh, entered a community That I'm finding more and more is is very cohesive. And I think that this is um, more common than perhaps I know across the United States. But this community pulled together when they when they saw what was happening to the police, uh, unjustly, really, to the police, because the whole nation united behind the the sense of horror uh, of what happened to uh, George Floyd that that it was it, it, the whole nation condemned it there weren't people out there saying no he got what was coming to him nobody nobody was on that train right and and yet somehow it's become controversial right for f- because there are people who just want to create controversy. Everybody saw that video and said that is wrong. There's just no two ways about it. That's wrong. What I'm saying is that there's a community here and banded together and put together gift baskets to give to the families who have officers who are serving. They just said, you know, we have some families in our community who have officers who are serving serving police officers and we want to gift to them so that they know that there are people out there who not only support them but are willing to you know show that they support them and so you're calling for more sheepdogs totally agree with you there but i'm also calling for people who because because we are a very timid population now Uh, as a result of the way that we've been educated we are timid we're too timid to be wrong we're too timid to speak up uh, we've been taught to sit quietly, raise your hand before asking a question, uh, you know, wait till you're called on to speak, that kind of a thing. And so unfortunately, you're going to have trouble rounding up some sheepdogs, but you can train the sheep to show appreciation, to support, right?
2: Absolutely. And and that's, you know, the, the police is a, a really hot topic right now. And we mentioned you mentioned Brazilian jiu-jitsu earlier. Uh, I'm a avid practitioner of jiu i've been training for years and uh, i train with a lot of law enforcement from local pd to sheriffs to uh, fbi department of homeland security dea marshal service I, I train with a, a whole slew of these folks and you know you, you're hearing a lot about defunding the police and first and foremost that is uh, that's just one of the craziest things I've ever heard. And it's and it's being pushed by people that are obviously ignorant or, more importantly, uneducated on the whole situation, meaning the idea of defunding the police simply means that you don't want to have the police getting access to what they need. The, by the the reality way, is, I heard oh, I ahead. heard that
1: Hitler defunded the police before he instituted the SS
2: it's funny. I was actually going there and, and it's, and it's a scary thing. And, you know, unfortunately so often history repeats itself. The problem is we need to increase funding for the police. And let me briefly explain, because I, a lot of people get this misconstrued with me just being a a, a police lover and not recognizing, listen, there are bad cops out there. There are a tremendous amount of cops that go into the force you know, because they were bullied in school. And now they have a badge and a gun and they've got some yeah, authority. Not,
1: not a tr- hold on, not a tremendous number. And I, I hate the fact that we have to like issue that caveat. Like, hey, just this disclaimer, because not everybody is perfect. It's so ridiculous that it should go without saying that not everybody's yeah. perfect. But by and large, our police are there to protect and serve. And people who seek out to become police are not doing it because they want to siphon off money from a drug bus. They're doing it because they want to protect and serve.
2: Right. And it's but it's I agree. And it's just important to put that every there are different police officers that have have different motives when they go on. The the long story short is the vast majority of police are hardworking people that are doing what they want to do. And that's protect and serve. Right. Now, when when you when you take and, and again, there's bad accountants, there's there's right. There's there's bad doctors. There's bad. I mean, you can find someone at Delta Force, you know, the highest level of the army yeah. and, and say, how did they get through there? they actually
1: there are bad politicians, believe it or not.
2: A, a ton of them. the vast, <laughs> the vast majority <laughs> uh, on, on the left right now pushing for a, a whole a whole bunch of crazy things. But the idea of more funding for the police, we go back to Brazilian jiu jitsu, that police officer that murdered George Floyd. I don't know him. I don't know his motives. I don't know how he thinks and how he lives his life. I know this, regardless of what he thinks and how he behaves, if he had Brazilian jiu-jitsu training, that never would have happened. That is the best example I've seen of a poorly trained police officer. The harsh reality is, We need so much more money and so much more funding for police officers to be trained. And I've been calling for this for years, and all of my friends in law enforcement that I train with and I'm friends with will agree. If every single police officer and every single member of law enforcement was a minimum of a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, that's basic couple years of training, twice a week, the amount of issues that we're having like this would be – cut by 90%. It's Again, it's not going to solve anything, but it's a tremendously big piece to the puzzle. And the idea of just defunding the police and and getting rid of police, I mean, the wolves, that 10% of wolves, those rapists, those kidnappers, those child molesters, those murderers, those wolves are licking their chops right now, hoping, and you look at what's happening in Seattle, the amount of rapes and the amount of assaults and the craziness that's happening there—it's probably not all being reported. Well, no, and those are wolves. Yeah, those are wolves in their environment, hunting and just terrorizing sheep, and there's nothing the sheep can do.
1: There are a lot of um, there are a lot of people who are calling to defund the police while hiring their own personal security people. There are people who who say, "Hey, we should limit—we uh, should take away the Second Amendment and limit uh, firearms," but they themselves hire people who carry firearms i mean look there's hypocrisy everywhere um i love this idea of having the police learn brazilian jiu-jitsu and they probably don't even need to speak portuguese
2: they don't uh (laughs) what's
1: this thing it it says in the notes for your book it says uh you're going to teach us how to learn us speak a new language in 21 days what's that about
2: well, I'm not personally going to teach you um in this book, Brent teaches yeah. you too <laughs> yeah yeah no it's 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 basically laying out uh how to acquire those skills, so that's in the chapter on coming Jason Bourne. Uh, I've been obsessed with Jason Bourne and the idea that there's actually a guy like that out there and and I've actually met a few um that may or may not work for three letter agencies. that have these incredible skills, that have multiple passports, that are able to speak four or five languages conversationally, uh, that have all these skills. I don't have those
1: skills, but I speak five languages. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic.
2: And I started looking into all this, and uh, it's not as hard. I think the biggest misconception is a lot of us took, you know, Spanish or French or German in junior high and high school and realize now that you can only say, you know, four or five words and you can't communicate because the process in which they're doing it in, in high school is actually wrong. There are so many amazing programs out there right now, like Babbel, like Pimsleur, like my friend, uh, at, uh, fluent I mean, fluent three months.com these I'm these doing programs, Duolingo. Duolingo. I'm fantastic. learning.
1: I'm actually learning uh, number six right now, Russian.
2: There you go. <laughs> and, uh, it's just a matter of taking action, and you know it's what's only-
1: funny my my daughter uh is learning Japanese on Duolingo and she's studying Latin and the way we study Latin is not by speaking it because nobody speaks Latin so uh so first of all pronunciation basically sort of doesn't matter although it matters to me but secondly you learn by studying the grammar and then putting the grammar rules into practice which is similar to, uh, slightly sli- similar to the way that they teach language in public schools today um it's a very logical way of learning a language but it is very labor intensive uh you you memorize a lot and and you work with uh you know you manipulate the language a lot but um but Duolingo is immersion-based. Meaning, they just throw you in. They start throwing words at you and ask you to translate. They show you pictures and th- and then say the word and and this kind of thing, and it's highly effective. But she's sort of railing against it because she has now learned how to learn Latin. She thinks that you learn a language by learning how to write it and then learning how to read it and that you know and learning all the rules. And Duolingo won't tell you the rules. It gives you the different sentences and then you have to sort out for yourself what the rules are, which is the way we learn language organically, right?
2: Absolutely, and and the fact that you're doing that program is is awesome. And it's like you were mentioning in, in regards to some other forms, it's labor intensive. And right now, I mean, people are you know they're on the go. They don't want to sit and put two hours of la- learning a language. It's in COVID days, times, so-
1: baby. Well, you got if you've got the the COVID shutdown, you've got time to learn a language now. <laughs> Take advantage. I, yeah,
2: <laughs> absolutely but then we could get into attention to detail and uh you know you know how much people actually want to focus on one thing and when you're at home you actually have more distractions yeah that's true uh, at, the, at, at the end of the day it's just about taking action and adding more tools to your tool belt and being bilingual or trilingual and and it's not about getting fluent i mean it's not about reading and writing in a language it's Correct. about being conversational can you go into a restaurant And the 20 minutes you're there, order a sandwich or a bowl of soup, talk to the server, say hi to the bartender, talk to the table next to you in that language and leave. That right there to me is someone who can successfully speak conversationally in another language. And it's such a huge skill.
1: Uh, well and, and I'll tell you something. Again. I, I, I love this. I love that I love that we're talking about this because language is obviously a favorite thing of mine. I speak a little bit of Tagalog, which is the Filipino language, and uh whenever I'm we- near a a Filipino person or on the phone with them, I will throw a few words in Tagalog at them and They, for their part, they never expect somebody who's not Filipino to speak any of their language. And they're always so flattered and so lovely about it. And, um, Oh, you speak a Tagalog. Oh, is it good? You know, how good? You know, Uh, they get excited. People get excited when you address them in their language. Even if you, even if you mess it up. They appreciate that you're making an effort. Everybody except the French. French don't like it because, because we bastardized their language so badly. <laughs> they, 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 uh, they tend to dislike it, but, um, it's such a great, it's such a great point that you make that you don't need to be perfect, but we're taught in school that we, you know, everything needs to be per, you got to get that a, you got to score well. And what you're saying is make the effort, improve yourself every day, because at the end of a year or five years or 10 years, you're going to look back and go, wow, I've come so far. Whereas the mindset today is sort of like you finish school, you're done, uh, you know, stick a fork in it turn you over and, and then people stop. And when you're stopped, you're actually going backwards, right?
2: A hundred percent. And you're obviously proficient in languages. You're, you're the first person I've talked to on this radio tour I'm doing. That's actually, uh, really in the languages. So I would say to your listeners, if, if you're listening to this and And you're like, well, you know what? I do have some extra time. I could probably chop off some of the five or six hours a day I'm putting into Netflix or Fox News. Uh, Uh, Why don't I look into this? I would strongly recommend learning a language. By the way, he said
1: Fox News because I did tell him that you guys are pretty much conservative. He didn't say Fox News like, hey, why are you watching Fox News? That wasn't what that was. (laughs) I just want to point that out. Absolutely,
2: yeah, yeah, uh, and I, I would say, you know one focus on a language, just like when I talk to people about you know developing skills, I tell people to develop skills that make you attractive to the marketplace, and in the same in the same sense, focus on language one. That you're going to be able to speak with people. I mean, if if you're learning uh, Sanskrit, which Sanskrit's a dead language, you can't actually go out and use that anywhere. Yeah. But learn Spanish, learn Italian, learn Portuguese. These are all romantic languages, and they're easy. For example, there, there's a lot of similarities. So with Italian, Spanish, and and Portuguese, just counting to four. So Italian is uno, due, tre, quattro. Spanish uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Portuguese uno, dos, tres, cuatro. You can see there tremendous similarities just in those four words so if you're learning letters i should say if you're if you're learning a language that has other languages romantically based or latin based sure as far as origin goes you're going to be so much better off so if you're speaking portuguese and you're getting really good at it you're going to be able to learn spanish you're going to be able to learn other languages that tie into that so much easier than if you just went off and said uh, for example, my wife is Vietnamese. She was born in Vietnam. She came over here when she was four. That is for an English speaker, easily in the top five hardest languages to learn. The way you move your mouth, the way words are said, everything is essentially backwards. And it's a really difficult language. Um, I know about 10 words and it's uh I'm disappointed.
1: I'm- you should be fluent by now. Yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. Listen, my, we're, my we're running out of it. time. <laughs> we're running out of time. Brent Magnuson, it's been such a pleasure. I didn't, I didn't expect to keep you on this long, and I'm, I'm sorry for that. But it's been a pleasure speaking to you. The name of the book is Roger Up. Roger Up is a blueprint for living life to the fullest and thriving in the face of adversity. It's funny because Kevin's in my book is um, embracing adversity. Uh, And so I I love your attitude. Uh, I I think people can learn a lot from you. So go get the book, Roger Up. And Brent, thanks so much for coming on the program with me.
2: Sam, I uh, appreciate the time. And in Portuguese, nice to meet you. Muito prazer.
1: Oh, obrigado. Bye bye. (laughs) Okay. That was kind of fun. Uh, I do like talking language, and I speak Swedish, which is really useless. <laughs> Although if you're watching a film and they have actors who are speaking Swedish, like I like my family turns to me and goes, uh, uh, typically, and they'll say, "Is it good like what what's he saying? Like, is it any good?" And uh, I'm a pretty good judge of whether somebody's actually Swedish or not. Um, also Russian, actually, I have an ear for, for Russian. I'm really enjoying, I will say I'm, I'm on Duolingo, um, every night because I have, uh, these exercises that I have to do for my back, which cause me to lie flat on my back, staring up at the ceiling. And so instead I put my little phone in front of my face and I do my Duolingo and I actually am learning Russian and I'm doing it for 20 minutes a night. Like it's nothing but because I have to do this exercise in order to improve my back, uh, I'm, I'm committed now to doing the language. And why did I choose Russian? I don't know. I've always, I just always kind of felt like I wanted to learn Russian. I really should learn Spanish. He's absolutely right. Learn something that's useful for crying out loud. I don't know why I chose Russian. And you know, every, every, every week or so, I'll think I really should just change languages, but now I'm sort of invested. I've I've achieved certain levels and stuff. All right, so um, they're coming for the for the chop guys, the Capitol Hill opposition opposition protest, something like that. These people are are just absurd. There was a shooting, a fatal shooting, so Seattle Police Department released the body cam footage of uh, officers that were responding to a fatal shooting. uh, And, uh, and now the mayor apparently is saying, you know what? I'm done with you guys. They, they showed up at her house apparently, which, you know, she's not going to like that guys. What are you idiots? (laughs) And so even though she was, uh, I I think for a while she was, fairly much in in support of it uh now they've cleared the autonomous zone she's declared that it's um an unlawful assembly. She was the one saying it's like a street fair it's like a block party. She's changed her tune um, they were the police officers were equipped with protective gear they began clearing the tents and the barricades and uh took took care of that um She declared that it was an unlawful assembly. She said the city's obligation under the First Amendment do not require the city to provide limitless sanctuary uh, to occupy city property, damage city and private property, obstruct the right of way or foster dangerous conditions. That's actually according to an executive order that was made public. Um, it notes that shootings that took place in and around the zone and two teenagers have been shot dead and including a 16 year old early on Monday. It's it's dangerous stuff. So this is a this is a move in the right direction. And I will say um, there were a number of people calling for President Trump to involve himself. And unfortunately, that's like. In my mind, the, the the best analogy that I can give, and um, this is a little bit rough around the edges, but it's like um, your your son is uh, is robbing people in order to pay for his drug habit. Why don't you just go and give him drugs, or why don't you just go and give him some money? And um, the answer is no. You you call the police. You 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 turn him in. You you don't sort of take care of the problem and sweep it under the carpet, which is what I think Trump would have been doing. He would have been and then he would have been in a sense liable. No, it's the city that's liable. It's the mayor who's liable. And I hope that Seattle has learned a lesson and will vote these people out of office in the upcoming election. And the only thing that I can think of is she's seeing this also and saying, if I can take care of this now, I can redeem myself before November. But I don't know. All right, so we're being joined now by Tara Durant. I don't know if you remember, I I went over this story a couple of days ago. She's an elementary school teacher. She's married with three kids. She's a resident of Virginia. She's been there for 23 years. She was the 911 call that I played for you a few days ago when the Antifa movement surrounded her car, Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate you speaking out. I mean, y- you were put in an untenable position. Uh, so why don't you just walk us through, how did you get into that position in your car with your kids, with a, with a child at least, right?
0: Correct. Yes, uh, My, our 12-year-old, our
1: youngest child. Your 12-year-old?
0: Correct.
1: Okay. So so where? just describe the scene. You were just driving somewhere, right?
0: Correct. Um, we were returning home from a shopping district on kind of on the other side of um, downtown Fredericksburg. And um, we, my usual route to come home, um, we live on just on the other side of the city, is to drive through downtown Fredericksburg. It's, I love to go through our town. I love to see the people out eating and the restaurants and the progress that's being made. It's just one of those small joys I have. And um, I... Drove through the city, not through what I would say the main thoroughfare, but one of the one of the more main arteries. But when I drove down, there was no indication that uh, it, you know that traffic was going to be rerouted, that there was a protest, um, you know, coming up. I just drove into it, and so the these people are occupying what they're they, they're called crosswalkers now. So they're occupying the crosswalks. Um, in, like, a school, and they just keep, you know, they've they filled the, the crosswalk so no one is able to move.
1: So you got stuck in a traffic jam caused by protesters? Correct. And then so they, they, okay.
0: Yeah, they just, um, I sat there, and there was another car that eventually um, drove backwards up the road going the wrong way. And the protesters sort of celebrated that victory that they chased the car away. And I continued to sit there. And that's when I called. Um, It was very clear that I wasn't going to get out of there. And they were starting to surround my car at that point. Um, And when I made the phone call, I I think that just started, it just started to gather more and more attention.
1: And could they tell that you were on the phone with the police or? or
0: Yeah, I that, I, at the time, I remember thinking they can tell That's Right, my thought that it went through my head. I, I couldn't presume what they knew, but I, I felt that in my mind they were watching me, watching how you know, I could see this crowd growing and realizing as I'm listening to the dispatcher just repeat, I'm sorry, ma'am, we, we can't do anything. We encourage you to call in Tech City Hall and my incredulity <laughs> that, in fact, no one was going to come help us. Um, right, and I, I think they could sense it. That's how I felt at the time.
1: Right, and I, I'm sure that they saw uh, uh, some panic on your face and sensed that you were going to be a good target. Yes. So they yes, absolutely. Did they come into your car? They were surrounding
0: my car, and and at one point in the car, I heard them say, "Get out of my car!" And I think my daughter. It, it was behind her door. She was sitting directly behind me that um, there was like, we felt like there was sort of a attempt to get in. And of I, course I had all the doors locked. Right. Um. So they so didn't actually they just, get in
1: the car, but, but
0: no, thank goodness. Yeah.
1: But she yeah. was, she was terrified. She was. And then how did you extricate yourself from this situation? The, because the police weren't were, coming. The dispatcher said, we'll take it up with city hall Go see right. the statement that was made. Uh, you know, like, and and of <laughs> course, this is the argument. This is the argument for the Second Amendment. Is you know, how long does it take you to pull out your gun versus how long will it take the police to get there? You know, quite simply,
0: it's, um, it, it's such an unfair position because I knew that if I proceeded slowly, um, they were going to attack my car. They th- that's, there had been. A,
1: that's an you know, aggressive. That's that would that would be seen as aggressive behavior on your part.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. And I knew that um, there had been when the protests first began. There had been an incident um, in the city on on a bridge uh, that connects my county to the city, and the protesters blocked that entire bridge and car. It was in the middle of the day, in a time you just wouldn't expect it to happen. And one of the protesters. Um, this, this man was trying to drive through um, with his wife and one-year-old baby in the back. This protester took his scooter and smashed the window, and it got glass all over all of them, including the baby. Um, that obviously got a lot of attention in our town, so that, that thought's going through my head. That, sure. Um, this is a very real possibility. This this crowd has proved to be unpredictable. I don't know the threat level. I certainly didn't want to find out. <laughs> right. Um, I knew that if I went slow, it was going to get a lot worse. You know, if I went fast, someone was going to get seriously hurt or killed. And that, you know, I thought if I do, if I do make that decision, it really will depend on the judge and jury how I'm, whether I'm deemed. Right. You're, you're, you're going to be up court. on
1: charges you're, and you're yeah. at the mercy of the court. And it's, yeah. it's a life, it's a, it's a life altering uh, thing that you're choosing yeah. to do. Yes. yeah
0: so your you're left is a sitting duck you're, you're absolutely left and there's your options are none of them are good so to answer your question how I, I how I eventually got out of there when there there were um, there was one protester that jumped on top of my hood and that's that part you can hear where I see there right initially I was saying they're on my car they were surrounded my car up on my bumper and my my daughter and I very clearly remember one of the protesters dancing in my bumper like she was in a strip club. Okay. Um, then when, then my, when they jumped onto my hood, um, eventually there was a motorcyclist that roared up and the, despite the, the protesters backed away from my car and he was gesturing at me saying, get the something out of here. <laughs> using language a lady shouldn't use. Um, and I, I, I was baffled. I thought, is he here, trying to here to help me? Or I, I, I was just stunned, you know, the whole progression, I was stunned. And we've been searching for video evidence of this. And I've seen that motorcyclist with these protest groups and several other, you know, videos. And so I know that he was, he's aligned with them.
1: But he basically saved you.
0: He did, um, but I don't think he was doing it to save me. I think his intentions were um, for their sake, not ours.
1: In, so explain that. In, in what way? Like I, 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 almost follow you, but in what way? What? What? Where's the benefit for him calling them off? Did, did he see you were on the phone? Was he afraid of authorities coming? What? What you do know, you I, suppose? I
0: I yeah, and I'm only supposing. This is only my thought yeah. because it was. No, they, he, I thought he probably recognized that things were going to take a turn for for the worse. Right. And someone was th- th- these these people that he's aligned with were going to get hurt. Charges were going to be filed. I, I really couldn't presume. You, you know, know, it's, it's possible know that it's possible that
1: he <laughs> it's possible he recognized that if you floored it, because you were so scared that people right. were going to get hurt. And he didn't want that either. Uh, we don't know, but um, really don't know. Uh, but that's amazing. I understand you, you you're still having some uh, problems sleeping, and your daughter. How's your daughter?
0: She's we're we're getting through it. You know, we got we got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I, I know she's never going to forget it, and you know we, we've had to we've turned to our faith a great deal. Um, we've talked a lot about that when you are children of God, you have to you have to stay you can't turn to whatever evil wants, which is all of those negative bad hatred feelings and if, you know so it takes time to get through this, but we say if ultimately we want we want to be children of God, we cannot succumb to.
1: Yeah. Don't cry because then I cry and then it's very hard to do a radio show. Um, I will say that uh, in in, it's fine in attempting to understand um, what these people want. It sometimes helps to understand that they have been miseducated and they think things that are untrue but they know them to be true, so their truths are perverted and um, and it's too bad and um, and they also probably don't have God in their lives, and so they don't understand uh, the definitions of good and evil in in a classical sense, and right. it makes it easier to forgive them because they don't know what they do right so that's right. and that's what jesus said forgive them for they know right. not what they do they right. know not what they do now the, secondarily to that she was afraid um and uh and and so it's it's correct for her to have been afraid and yet that's what we have our faith for and so we are we are told be not timid um but have faith Uh, And so, you know, and and it's you're right. And it's going to take some time. But focus on the fact that you were preserved, that there was some strange adversary who cleared your path. That's enormous. Right. And so focus on that and tell her, hey, focus on the fact that one of our adversaries cleared our pathway. Right. We had an intermediary who came from the other side. That's amazing. Right. And focus on that. And you know what? If that doesn't bolster your faith, I I don't know what, right? That 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 would be the one thing that I would hang uh, hang my hat on. But that's not what this program is about. It's this program is Sorry, we got a little <laughs> bit off track. This program yeah. is just about, you know, I I I want people to understand and, and and we know this intrinsically, but it it makes such a difference to hear your story, to hear someone tell the story. Just a completely innocent bystander got caught up in the violence of the of the movement. And it's a it is a violent movement. And I will be getting into that in just a minute. Um, I'm going to let you go. We've had protesters in our area and uh, and the police were all over, all over it. Um. In fact, that's
0: the answer. Yeah, that is the answer. We drove
1: home. We we drove home, and there were so many police. We were like, "Oh my gosh, what happened?" Nothing. The the protesters gathered, and the police came out in force. Um, And for you to make that call, so so you need to actually be part of a campaign to clean up Fredericksburg and put in City Hall people who understand law and order, because right now you don't have that.
0: No, it's it certainly has emboldened a lot of people. Um, they were, you know, th- this has ceased to be a protest. There's no question. And there have been a lot of backlash against the city council, against the mayor, this, the city manager. And a lot of people have vocalized, we simply will not go into downtown Fredericksburg until we feel safe. Um, we're not trying to boycott any businesses, quite the contrary. But our beautiful nope. town cannot yep. be taken over. You cannot let the tailgate. And you've got to reach out.
1: There. And the businesses, they have to band together and say, hey, we can't have this. You guys are going to put us out of business. But they've got to fight for themselves. And you know what? This is going to make your daughter a fighter. So you just tell her. She's been preserved. And she's, been exper- she's experienced this because she needs to be a fighter.
0: She's a fighter. There's no question. No doubt. I'm- I know she's going to be okay. You just, you got to get there.
1: Yeah, I get it. Um, I, I, uh, I, I love the fact that you're speaking out. Thank you so much for doing that and um, continue to do so. So I uh, appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Tara. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Wow. She cried. I'm sad. I'm sad that she cried. Um, but look, we're seeing, we are seeing uh, moves in the right direction, which make me happy. Because um, uh, in Seattle, the officers are just moving in. Uh, w- uh, they moved into the Capitol Hill organized protest, CHOP or CHAZ or whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, they they were attempting to locate a shooting victim. They were met by a violent crowd. But they walked in with their guns, of course. And uh, the officer... You could hear him say, please move out of the way so we can get to the victim. All we want to do is get to the victim and provide them aid. And the protesters, you can hear on the on the video, on the surveillance or the uh, body cam footage, put your guns down there shouting at the officers <laughs> like that's going to happen. So um, so now the mayor has come out and she's singing a different tune. And, we, and we'll see. We'll see. But um, we ought to recognize now that BLM is a Marxist Organization that has nothing to do with racial equality and everything to do with destroying this nation. Um, it's it's even in their uh, in their sort of statement of of organization, their rules, their 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 mission statement. They um, they di- they they aim to dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts. What? So that they can mother in private, even as they participate in public justice work. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. Crazy. Uh, okay. Let's move on. Shall we? That was, that was very serious stuff to this morning. Um, There's a retired uh, Florida sheriff's deputy who's flying a blue lives matter flag. It's actually, it's like a black and white, uh American flag an American flag in black and white but this the center line through the flag the first stripe that's under the stars is blue it's lovely and the HOA told him hey pull that down and he's like "Mm, no I won't they sent him a violation notice his name's Sean Kennedy it said during a recent inspection it was noted that you have an improper flag displayed on your property while we support your patriotism, the American flag does need to be the traditional American flag. Blah, 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 blah. And he said, well, I'm not taking it down. And, And actually, he points out that the flag is to honor those who have served, who are currently serving, and those who have died in the line of duty protecting our liberties in this great country. So... You know, he just told them where they could stick it, I guess, which is, uh, I think that, you know, he has the right to do that. Um, they'll probably try to issue him some sort of fine because I'm sure they have some bylaws or whatever. I don't know. Um, okay. Uh, hold on. What I was going to talk to you guys about a story that came out. In the Babylon Bee. I love the Babylon Bee. Are you following the Babylon Bee at all? Um, Because they did a story recently on MasterCard. And uh, the idea is MasterCard has to now change its name because it has Master in the name. (laughs) And I just love that. We're going to undo, we're just going to undo everything. Right, uh, I I don't I don't see I don't see where it ends. The good news is that the left is basically eating itself, so uh, so it will end. I mean, that's in, in a sense that's the good news. But um, I like the fact that that uh, the Babylon Bee is taking this stuff on with satire because satire is a very effective. Weapon, frankly. So the title of the article is MasterCard changes its name to Equality Card. Did you come up with that? Popular multinational financial services company, MasterCard Incorporated, which is known for its extensive line of credit, debit, and prepaid cards to process payments between card issuings, banks, and merchants, has released a statement that they will now be known as Equality Card. The shift in branding follows other companies who have made major branding changes due to their negligence in propagating racial stereotypes in America, like Aunt Jemima syrup, Uncle Ben's Ready Rice, and Land O'Lakes butter. The massive change in branding awareness comes in the wake of protests pointing out how far we need to go in stamping out systemic racism, even if it is found in beloved food products. I just think people should stop using Aunt Jemima syrup. I think it's racist to use syrup. How about that? We'll just issue a blanket statement. (laughs) And by the way, not using syrup is racist against Canadians. Okay, keep going. Uh, Financial products are now coming under fire. As many consumers pointed out that the troubling phrase master was in the name of MasterCard. Somebody actually tweeted that... um, you could have in a car you have a master cylinder and a slave cylinder. I think I'm getting those terms right. I'm not a car mechanic. But but you do. You you have the master version thing and then the smaller slave version which is enslaved to the master. <gasps> it's terrible. Are we just going to eradicate the word slave and then nobody will know that that it ever existed? They'd have to they'd have to ban the Bible. There's slavery all throughout the Bible. Um, many think, apparently, that there's a uh, a checkered past with MasterCard. They wonder where all the slave cards went. Honestly, in 2020, there is no place in America for terms like master, said ajayapal or AJ. Singh Banga, Equality Cards chief executive, quote, that is not an image we want to evoke when consumers engage in financial transactions that might place them massively in debt to us through late fees and massive interest charges. Equality card will always promote the equality of cardholders of all races. <laughs> it's true we live in a culture that enslaves us, but we're in such denial that we've got all of this other stuff time, uh, other stuff going on. They, um, they're also. Uh, you know, going after now uh, master class online classes, masterpiece theater, uh, master's degrees, how dare they? And of course, Jedi masters, those will be banished as well. <laughs> we just have to get rid of it all, just cut it all out. All right. Um, Judith Bergman wrote an interesting article on Gatestone Institute. I do love this publication. And she wrote this. She said, well, Black Lives Matter and its sycophants endlessly debate changing the names of streets and removing statues. They ignore the staggering 40 million victims of actual slavery in the world today. And that includes an estimated 9.2 million men, women, and children currently enslaved in Africa. So we've got all the news reports of Supporters of BLM, vandalizing, tearing down statues of slave traders, slave owners, anyone who they perceive as having been in any way historically involved with slavery. But of of course, they're all white men. In Bristol, England, a statue of the slave trader Edward Colston was pulled down and thrown into the harbor. In Belgium, statues of King Leopold were defaced. The actions have caused some local authorities to consider whether all statues perceived as offending current sensibilities should be removed. I heard um, Glenn Beck go online and say, hey, if you're going to tear down the statue, give it to me. I'll take it. Like, let me know. We'll come pick it up. I have a facility. I will store it. The London mayor, whose name is Sadiq Khan... Announced a commission to examine the future of landmarks, such as statues, street names, and, and street names in the United Kingdom capital. But then, for that matter, Malcolm X. Um, I mean, we're going to change the names of everything? Do you know how confusing that's going to be? And so she writes, it's not apparent how attacking old statues of people who have been long dead is supposed to help anybody, especially millions of black and non-black people who are still enslaved today. Think about those people if if they have the opportunity to hear about these infantile tantrums, destructive tantrums, but tantrums nonetheless, that accomplish nothing. Yay, we tore down a statue. Woohoo. It appears that the woke activists of BLM and their many kneeling supporters do not care about the plight of modern slaves. Imagine if those people who are out there on behalf of BLM put their efforts to actually freeing slaves worldwide. 40 million of them today. Evidently, it's far easier and presumably more pleasurable to destroy Western historical monuments than to embark on the difficult work of actually abolishing modern slavery. In the United Kingdom, she writes, there's a shocking range of modern slavery, something that the local wokesters are happy to ignore as they bravely attack statues of stone and metal. According to the government's 2019 annual report, There are at least 13,000 potential victims of slavery in the United Kingdom, although the number dates back to 2014, perhaps questionable. In 2018, they did a global slavery index, and they estimated 136 people living in modern slavery just in Britain. And yet you have these children out defacing public property, bought and paid for by you. All right. To finish up today, as I told you this is my last week for a while, I'm going to miss this, but, um, but I'll be around on Facebook and Instagram and stuff. Um, I, have a, I have a little book here called F in Exams, The Very Best Totally Wrong Test Answers. So just for fun, I'm going to read you a few very bad, very wrong test answers. What is the lowest frequency noise that a human can register? What is the lowest frequency noise a human can can register? And uh, the answer is a mouse. <laughs> what is the highest frequency noise that a human can register? Mariah Carey. <laughs> Adam cuts his arm. Blood gushes out and is red in color. What does this show? Uh, it shows he's not a robot. He's a real boy. <laughs> What is, these are all biology questions, by the way. What's a fibula? A little lie. Define enzyme, superhero of the cell. (laughs) Define coenzyme, enzyme's sidekick. (laughs) What does terminal illness mean? When you become ill at the airport. All right, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. This is Sam Sorbo, the Sam Sorbo Show I want you guys to go out now and have a great rest of your day.